0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, September 4th, 2020. Today we are starting to see the impact of the Sturgis rally on coronavirus spread. The CDC projects up to 211,000 deaths in the United States from COVID by the end of September. Barr gives one of the most shocking interviews of any Attorney General. Trump illegally urges Republicans to vote twice. A Trump campaign aide was paid $20,000 a month by the We Build the Wall Bannon nonprofit joint linked to fraud. The Department of Health and Human Services says the November 1st deadline for a COVID vaccine has nothing to do with the election. A group of Democratic senators are urging the Treasury to impose sanctions on Russia for election interference. More conflicts of interest are exposed between DeJoy and the Postal Service. More prominent Republicans back Joe Biden. An astounding piece out in the Atlantic about Trump degrading veterans and service members. And the U.S. imposes sanctions on top international criminal court officials. I'm your host, A.G. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday. So much news out today on Thursday. So much news that there are competing leads. I couldn't figure out what the lead story was today. And so I am, you know, you're going to stick around, right, when we get after we get to Hot Notes, and you're going to find out what I've decided the lead story is. And then we're going to see. We're going to play a game. Because right now it's only 5 o'clock here on the West Coast. Maddo doesn't start till 6. I'm wondering. every Every day I say, I wonder if she has the same lead that I have. So we we'll, we'll see. Um, Friday means two things. Our Crowdcast Happy Hour is today at 4 p.m. Pacific for patrons, 5 p.m. for the public. That's Friday. And Friday is she Day. Amy Carrera will be joining me later in the show for good news. Uh, I'll also be talking to Greg Oliar. He's the author of Dirty Rubles, about his analysis on the counterintelligence report released by the Senate. He had joined us live at our Boston show at City, City Winery. Hello, Boston. It's always such a pleasure to talk to Greg. I also have the news of the day and headlines from under the radar. There is a lot to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes.
2: All
0: right. So the lead story today was going to be Bill Barr's interview with Wolf Blitzer. But Trump outdid him with a new piece in The Atlantic. And there's a third story I was considering for the lead. And we'll get to that in the A block as well. And I can't, be- I can't begin to tell you how disgusting, disturbing, and off-putting this story was to read. Um, we are so numb to massive corruption, racism, misogyny, and scandal. We have run out of superlatives to describe this shit show. It is difficult to use the word unconscionable, for example, to describe the horror of ripping families seeking refuge in America apart at our border and then housing them in cages riddled with filth and disease and rife with sexual abuse. And then try to find an adjective for what Bill Barr said on national television last night or what I'm about to tell you that Trump said. And and we can't do that without belittling the damage inflicted on human beings by Trump policies. And this is by design. This is that reflexive control Ashurangapa taught us about. Republicans and Russians know that if we call child separation and detention camps despicable— and then use the same word, despicable, to describe the corruption of the attorney general, for example, then that opens us up to Republicans attempting to accuse us of equating the two. That is by design. But I have no words for what came out in The Atlantic today, so I'm just going to read you some of it. And this is what I've decided is the lead story. Quote, when President Donald Trump canceled the visit to Ain Marne, that's an American cemetery near Paris, in 2018, he blamed rain for the last-minute decision, saying the helicopter couldn't fly and that the Secret Service wouldn't drive him there. Neither claim was true. Trump rejected the idea of the visit because he feared his hair would become disheveled in the rain and because he did not believe it was important to honor American war dead. And that's according to four people with first-hand knowledge of the discussion that day. In a conversation with senior staff members on the morning of the scheduled visit, Trump said, Why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with the losers. In a separate conversation on the same trip, Trump referred to the more than 1,800 Marines who lost their lives at Belleau Wood as suckers for getting killed. Trump on that same trip asked aides, who were the good guys in this war? And he also said that he didn't understand why the United States would intervene on the side of the Allies. And when McCain died in August 2018, Trump told his senior staff, according to three sources with direct knowledge of the event, we're not going to support that loser's funeral. And he became furious, according to witnesses, when he saw flags lowered to half staff and said, what the fuck are we doing that for? Guy was a fucking loser. On at least two occasions since becoming president, according to three sources with knowledge of his views, Trump referred to former President George H.W. Bush as a loser for being shot down by the Japanese as a Navy pilot in World War II. Bush escaped capture, but eight other men shot down during the same mission were caught, tortured, and executed by Japanese soldiers. And Trump has been, for the duration of his presidency, fixated on staging military parades, but only of a certain sort. Uh, In a 2018 White House planning meeting for such an event, Trump asked his staff not to include wounded veterans on the grounds that spectators would feel uncomfortable in the presence of amputees. Quote, nobody wants to see that, he said. So that is what has come out in the Atlantic and I simply am out of adjectives. Um this story, I mean we've heard so many stories about him going after gold star families and um you know his trips to Dover he canceled because one guy wouldn't shake his hand one time so he stopped going to receive the dead. Um he you know that we know about the McCain stuff this is this is more direct this is more personal. I don't know I don't I don't know what it is about this story, but I, like I said, I'm just out of adjectives. And as far as the next story, the one that was going to be the lead today, I can't describe this exchange between Wolf Blitzer and Bill Barr either. As, I, I, authoritarian is the only thing I can come up with. If you saw the, the Wolf Blitzer-Bill Barr interview, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Let's go over some of the key moments. First, in case you missed it, Trump encouraged Republicans to vote twice, which is illegal. So Wolf Blitzer asked Barr about this, and here's that response. And
3: then let them go vote. And if the system is as good as they say it is, then obviously they won't be able to vote. Uh, It sounds like he's encouraging people to break the law and try to vote twice.
1: Well, I I don't know exactly what he was saying, but it seems to me what he's saying is he's trying to make the point that uh, the ability to monitor this system is is, is not good. And And if it was so good... If you tried to vote a second time, you would be caught if you voted in person. That that would be illegal
3: if they did that. If somebody mailed in a ballot and then actually showed up uh, to vote in person, uh, that would
1: be illegal. I don't know what the law in the particular state says. You can't vote twice. Well, I don't know what the law in the particular state says and when that vote becomes final. Is there
3: any state that says you can vote twice?
1: Well, there's some, you know, maybe that you can change your vote up to a particular time. I don't know what the law That's is. so I'm not going to offer.
3: He was saying test well, the system. You know, well, he if doesn't you know believe, what he's saying. Why he are you asking me the, what he's saying? He doesn't believe in the mail in voting. You're, you're the Attorney General of the United States. Why does yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So we hear Barr admitting he doesn't know it's against the law to vote twice. Cool, cool. Next, Barr is asked to provide proof of mail in voting fraud. Let's listen to the, how, how that one went.
3: We haven't seen widespread. Fraud, but so
0: far we haven't tried
3: it. Well, the point is that a lot of us uh, There are several states that only have mail-in voting, including a Republican. Well, this is playing with fire.
1: This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here, and if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this to this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion is reckless and dangerous. And the people are playing with fire. Well, I, I will point
3: out there are five states that only have mail-in voting, including Utah and Colorado, Washington State, Oregon, uh, Hawaii, and they've, they've reported over the years they've had virtually no problems. But who's trying to change the rules right now?
1: I would say the people who want to go to mass mail-in ballots.
3: But you understand why. There is a coronavirus pandemic. Right. And there are a lot of people, uh, potentially, if they waited along lines, uh, when they go to the polls uh, and they could get they could get sick especially older people or people with underlying conditions as a result a lot of people want to change the rules so they don't have to go later. Right. long and people, lines well they don't have to touch all this sequit- the appropriate
1: way to deal with that is number one arrangements at the polls that protect people which can be done and number two people who are have pre-existing conditions and are particularly vulnerable can get an absentee ballot I have no problem with people. I I've, I've voted by absentee ballot, not by mail. I actually went to the office to cast my vote. But absentee ballots are fine.
0: So now uh, for this next clip, here's Barr saying foreign countries will hack vote by mail. And he has no evidence for that either.
3: You've said you were worried that a foreign country could send thousands of fake ballots, thousands of fake ballots to people that it might be impossible to detect. What are you basing that on?
1: I'm basing, that, as I've said repeatedly, I'm basing that on logic. Pardon? Logic.
3: But have you seen any evidence that a foreign country is trying to interfere no, I'm saying in that
1: people, way? No, I'm saying I, people I created... are concerned about foreign influence, and if we use a ballot system with the the system that some you know that states are just now trying to adopt, it does leave open the possibility of counterfeiting.
0: And here he's unable to answer super basic questions about indictments related to voter fraud
1: tenure as attorney general
3: of the United States how many indictments have you brought against people committing voter fraud
1: I couldn't tell you off the top of my head but several I know of. like
3: a handful I I can't I I don't know but several doesn't sound like too many
1: well I I don't know I don't know how many we have I, I know there are a number of investigations right now some very big ones in states
0: and finally, this gelatinous pile of treason claims China is the most assertive foreign actor interfering in our elections. Absolutely incredible.
1: Russia,
3: China, and Iran are seeking to interfere in the U.S. presidential election for various reasons, but mostly they want to sow dissent in our country, exacerbate racial tensions, et cetera, like that. Of those three countries that the intelligence community has pointed to, Russia, China, and Iran, which is the most assertive, the most aggressive in this area?
1: I believe it's China. China. Which one? China. China more than Russia right now? Yes. Why do you say that? Because I've seen the intelligence. That's what I've concluded. What are they trying to do? Well, I'm not going to discuss that to this
3: But guy. they're trying to help who, who win? I'm not
1: going to get into that.
3: More aggressive than Russia? Yes. Because the U.S. intelligence community... You're trying to influence the
0: United States? Yes. So that interview was last night. Now, consider all that through the lens of this breaking news today. The DHS intelligence branch issued a warning today to federal and state law enforcement that it has found with high confidence that Russian malign influence actors have targeted the vote by mail process by spreading disinformation since March. Quote, Russian state media and proxy websites in mid-August 2020 criticized the integrity of expanded and universal vote by mail, claiming ineligible voters could receive ballots due to out-of-date voter rolls leaving a vast amount of ballots unaccounted for and vulnerable to tampering. That's according to this intelligence bulletin. Quote, these websites also allege that vote-by-mail processes would be overburdened by the U.S. Postal Service and local boards of election, uh, delaying vote tabulation and creating more opportunities for fraud and error. John Cohen, the former undersecretary for intelligence at DHS under Obama, said the parallel messages emanating from both Trump and the Russians is highly disturbing. He says, quote, this most recent DHS intelligence report, along with other recent reports by intelligence and law enforcement entities, should put to rest any doubts that Russia is spreading conspiracy theories and lies in an effort to influence the outcome of the 2020 election by undermining confidence in the election process and influence over voter opinion. Add this to the findings that Russia is also attacking the mental acuity of Joe Biden as an op, which we learned yesterday. You've got two ops in two days that Trump has been pushing, participating in after being briefed on them. He and Barr have done this after they were briefed with high-confidence intelligence. Do you know how hard it is to get something with high confidence from the USIC? That's major. Treason is defined in the Constitution, Article 3, Section 3, as follows. Treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act or uh, in confession in open court. So that little part there. Or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. Not and. Or. I think that knowing the Russians are maligning vote by mail with a high confidence designation from our intelligence community and going along with it is giving our enemies aids and comfort. I don't say this lightly, but that's uh, treason, if you ask me. We'll be right back with the headlines from under the radar, so stay with us. After these
1: messages, will be right back. Hey,
0: everybody, it's AG. Today's episode of the Daily Beans podcast is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Oh, my God, I fucking love Magic Spoon. I love it so much, I got permission to say the word fuck in this ad because it is so delicious. Some people love lobster or steak or pasta, but for me... "'It's been cereal my whole life. "'I remember as a kid, I would plop down in front of Saturday morning cartoons "'and eat, like, a whole box of cereal, and then drink the cereal milk.' But as an adult, I've had to give it up because of all the carbs and sugar and chemicals. But I am so excited about Magic Spoon. It is so tasty. You will not believe it is made without all the sugar, carbs, and guilt. It is so good you won't believe it's healthy. It's actually healthy. As Forbes magazine says, with cereal that tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value, as opposed to none, Magic Spoon may be the future of breakfast. Magic Spoon (laughs) cereals, get this zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, three net grams of carbs in each serving. And you ready? It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, high-protein, and GMO-free. And the best part, it's delicious with four amazing flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Sound familiar? Mm Mm-hmm. Take you back? Take you back? Yeah, me too. It tastes incredible. Magic spoon is too good to be true, but it's not. It's real. I have some. It's delicious. Uh, My new favorite is cocoa. It's chocolatey and yummy. And then I get to drink the chocolatey milk afterwards. And I absolutely love it. And now I'm doing that oat milk. Oh, my God. It's so good. Anyway, go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a variety pack. Try it today. You'll get all four. Be sure to use our promo code dailybeans at checkout for free shipping. They are so confident. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. That is magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use the code dailybeans for free shipping. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am your host, Allison Gill. AG, you call me AG. I'll probably just go by AG forever. But I am Allison Gill, and you can follow me on Twitter now, at Allison Gill. I'm out and proud. Um, we are starting to see the impact of the Sturgis rally on coronavirus spread. First of all, not sure what Smash Mouth was doing at a biker rally, but whatever. Um, A Minnesota biker who attended the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally has died of COVID-19. This is the first fatality from the virus traced to the 10-day event that drew more than 400,000 people to South Dakota. The man was in his 60s. He had underlying conditions. He was hospitalized in intensive care after returning from the rally. This is according to Chris Erisman, Infectious Disease Director at the Minnesota Department of Public Health. The case is among at least 260 cases in 11 states tied directly to the event. And this is according to a survey of health departments by the Washington Post. Epidemiologists believe that this figure is significantly undercounted because of the resistance of some rally-goers to testing and the limited contact tracing in some states. All states. As a result, the true scope of infection stemming from the rally that ran from August 7th to August 16th is unlikely to ever be known. I think we'll probably see a little uptick in deaths. Probably in about a week or so. Public health officials had long expressed concern over their decision to move forward with the annual event, believed to be the largest held anywhere in the U.S. since the pandemic shelved most large-scale gatherings, not to mention a total lack of testing and tracing because Trump likes herd immunity. And now we have the CDC predicting we're going to have as many as 211,000 COVID deaths by the end of this month. Probably combined Sturgis rally, going back to school, and Labor Day weekend. And from Reuters, a targeted timeline of November for distribution of a potential coronavirus vaccine has, quote, nothing to do with the election, as it was set by public health officials. That's according to U.S. Health Secretary Alex Azar in an interview with CBS on Thursday. Please remember, the communications director for the Department of Health and Human Services is Mike Caputo. Fucking used to work for the Kremlin. Yeah, that Caputo. He's all over the Mueller report. Google him. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention had asked state and public health officials to prepare vaccine distribution to high-risk groups as soon as uh, late October or November. And this is according to documents published by the agency on Wednesday. In other news, a senior Trump campaign official, you know him as Jason Miller, not Stephen Miller, Jason Miller. Google him, you'll know who I'm talking about. He appears to have been paid about $20,000 a month for work done for a nonprofit co-founded by indicted former Trump strategist Steve Bannon. I love saying that, indicted former Trump strategist Steve Bannon, and this is according to public court filings obtained by Salon.com. Court documents show the nonprofit, now under investigation in connection with the federal charges against Bannon, started paying Miller the same month that Bannon's associates learned they were under federal investigation. Hmm. Following the 2016 campaign, where he worked alongside Bannon in the role of communications advisor, Jason Miller was prepared to join the White House as a communications director. However, he backed out Uh, In the shadow of a scandal after Miller, who is married, reportedly had an affair with then-Trump campaign aide A.J. Delgado, during which Delgado became pregnant, that saga is dragging out in a child support case in Florida Family Court. According to court documents obtained by Salon, Miller was ordered to make $3,167 court-stipulated monthly payments to Delgado beginning in June of 2018. He's been paying less and less on that. Um, additionally, Miller has since gone back to work for the Trump campaign under Brad Parscale before he was demoted. But while Miller has reportedly been a top advisor of the Trump campaign since June, filings with the Federal Election Commission do not show any payments made to him uh, by the campaign, the Republican National Committee or either of their joint fundraising vehicles, Trump Victory or Trump Make America Great Again committees. Federal filings also don't show any salary payments from those entities to Bill Stepien, who replaced Brad Parscale as campaign manager in July. Hmm. Remember who else didn't get paid? Manafort. Uh, by comparison, the Joe Biden campaign reports regular bimonthly payroll disbursements to the campaign manager, Greg Schultz, totaling about $7,700 a month. This is a mega scandal in any other administration. And next up from the Washington Post, Democratic senators asked the Trump administration Thursday to immediately impose sanctions on individuals and agencies acting on behalf of Russia and other countries that seek to interfere with this year's U.S. elections. Fat chance, right? Uh, In making the formal request to Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, Steve, 11 senators cited recent intelligence finding that Russia had using several measures to denigrate former Vice President Biden and other Democrats in advance of the election. Congress has mandated a broad range of sanctions tools. And it's long past time for the administration to send a direct message to President Vladimir Putin. The U.S. will respond immediately and forcefully to continuing election, election interference. That's according to the letter. This was written by Ron Wyden, um, senator from Oregon, Democrat. And he's also a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee. And this is co-signed by 10 others, including Chuck Schumer is one of them. The letter cited legislation and executive orders authorizing sanctions against those who seek to interfere with a U.S. election as an agent or on behalf of a foreign government. And out from the New York Times, the United States Postal Service has paid about $286 million over the past seven years to XPO Logistics. Guess uh, who used to work there? Louis DeJoy, Postmaster General. He still holds at least $30 million stake in the company, which has ramped up its business with the Postal Service since he took the helm at the agency. The figures obtained by the New York Times are from a public records request, and they shed new light on the extent to which the company, where Mr. DeJoy was a top executive and in which he still has substantial amount of money invested, is intertwined with the agency he now runs. <sighs> Jesus. H. When I worked at the Department of Veterans Affairs uh, for two years after my removal, if I, I'm not allowed to work with any other company that even contracted with anyone anywhere in the VA. Because that runs afoul of ethics. And here we have a guy who is still invested in a company and was a top executive in a company that makes a shitload of money off of the government agency he's running. This is fueling questions about conflict of interest. Yeah, fueling questions, you think? It is a blatant conf- conflict of interest. Just like how Barr shouldn't have taken over the Mueller investigation because he worked for Kirkland-Hellis, which, which represented Alpha Bank. I mean, come on. Anyway, this emerged on the same day the House Oversight Committee issued a promised subpoena for documents that the panel uh, has said Mr. DeJoy is withholding from Congress, including information about his personal financial affairs. Through about 100 contracts with XPO Logistics and its subsidiaries, the Postal Service has paid the firm $33.7 million to $45.2 million annually since 2014 for services that include managing transportation and providing support during peak times. The documents also show a surge in revenue for XPO from the Postal Service since DeJoy took over June 15th. The Postal Service paid XPO Logistics and its subsidiaries about $14 million over the past 10 weeks, compared with $3.4 during the same time frame in 2019 and $4.7 in 2018. That's more than triple. And in an exclusive from Reuters, nearly 100 Republican and independent leaders will endorse Democrat Joe Biden for president, including one-time 2020 Republican presidential candidate Bill Weld, and the former Republican governors of Michigan and New Jersey. The latest Republican-led effort to oppose the re-election of Trump also includes current and former Republicans in key battleground states of Michigan, uh, for example, that will help decide the outcome of the election. It's called Republicans and Independence for Biden, and the group is headed by Christine Todd Whitman, a former Republican governor of New Jersey who has become one of Trump's fiercest critics and who spoke at the recent Democratic National Convention in support of Biden. The impact of this unprecedented campaign by members of a political party to oppose one of their own running for re-election as president remains to be seen. Polls show that Trump still enjoys a nearly 90 percent approval among the Republican rank and file. We'll see how that goes after that Atlantic piece today. Other anti-Trump groups include 43 alumni for Biden, comprised of hundreds of officials who worked for Bush, the 43rd president, president. Uh, We have former Republican national security officials for Biden and, of course, the Lincoln Project founded by Republican political operatives. And finally, from NPR, the Trump administration has leveled sanctions against the International Criminal Court's chief prosecutor, who is investigating allegations that U.S. troops committed war crimes in Afghanistan. Human rights groups swiftly decried the sanctions as an attack on international justice. Secretary of State Pompeo announced the sanctions at a news conference on Wednesday. The U.S. has never been part of the ICC, which Pompeo called a thoroughly broken and corrupt institution, and said we will not tolerate its illegitimate attempts to subject Americans to its jurisdiction. The sanctions are directed at Prosecutor Fato Bensouda and the court's head of jurisdiction. Uh, I believe it's Pakiso Mochochoco, And they were both added on Wednesday to the Treasury Department's specially designated nationals list. That designation freezes any assets that they might have in the U.S., or subject to U.S. law, the move builds an executive order, builds on an executive order issued by President Trump against court officials in June. The Human Rights Watch says the sanctions will have serious impacts on uh, Bensouda Suda and Mochococo. Uh, who, quote, who not only lose access to their assets in the U.S., but are cut off from commercial and financial dealings with U.S. persons, including banks and other companies. U.S. sanctions also have a chilling effect on non-U.S. banks and other companies outside U.S. jurisdiction who fear losing access themselves to the U.S. banking system if they do not help the U.S. to effectively export the sanctions measures. Richard Dicker, International Justice Director at Human Rights Watch, said in a statement, quote, the Trump administration's perverse use of sanctions devised for alleged terrorists and drug kingpins against prosecutors seeking justice for grave international crimes magnifies the failure of the United States to prosecute torture. Agreed. We'll be right back with the author of Dirty Rubles, friend of mine, Greg Oliar, to discuss the Manafort parts of the Senate counterintelligence report on Russia election interference. Stay with us. Hey, Daily Beans listeners, this segment of the podcast is brought to you by Helix Sleep. As many of you already know, for the past three and a half years, I've had a heck of a tough time sleeping. I lay awake, I toss and turn, I'm unable to rest, I wake up every hour, and then I feel tired and sore the next day. And at first I thought the the restlessness was caused by stress, anxiety, from having a blithering, bloated, belligerent bigot as our president. But as it turned out, it was my trash mattress. Thank gosh for Helix Sleep helix understands that you're unique and they customize the mattress to fit you in the way you sleep best everybody here loves their mattress it's the best mattress ever i've had in my whole life and same goes with jordan same goes with mandy and joelle they all we all love our helix mattresses they created a sleep quiz takes two minutes so you can complete it and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress it's like customized mattress and if you like a mattress that's soft or firm or if you sleep on your side or your back or your stomach or you sleep hot or cool with helix there's a mattress for each and everyone's unique taste i was matched with the helix midnight because i like my bed medium firm and i sleep on my side so it's perfect for me but don't take my word for it helix was awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and now 2020 by gq and wired magazine so just go to HelixSleep.com/dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life they have a 10-year warranty you get to try it out for 100 sleeps risk-free They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. And Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. Everybody, welcome back. And join me in welcoming my friend and author of Dirty Rubles back to the show, Greg Oliar. Greg, how are you? I am well. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Boy, we had to sit through that shit show of an RNC, but uh, I've recovered, I think.
4: I I, I have a theory about that. And I think that the theory is that um, the whole RNC is designed to make us all feel frightened and scared and anxious and all the other cocktail of negative emotions. And I I felt palpably better after Trump started, you know, stopped speaking last night. Mm -hmm. I woke up the next day and I felt better. And I think, I don't think that's a a coincidence. I I feel like it was a, it was like a dark cloud. In fact, the day that that was happening, there was the the sort of residual hurricane storm stuff going on where I live. And there was supposed to be tornadoes and this and that. And uh, it was a very dark rainy day appropriately when he was talking. And the next day you woke up and it was just sunshine Mm -hmm. and it felt like the storm had passed. And that's Mm -hmm. how I feel in my soul right now. So
0: yeah I know I was reading um and I was talking to Mary Trump when she was on the show recently, and she has this uh tiny vignette in her book about when her father, you know who died due to complications of alcoholism uh had at very young age forty two had met with Fred trump senior you know donald's father uh to to seek help to get to ask for help to quit you know to quit drinking for help with his drinking and he sat down at a table across from him just like Donald sits at the resolute desk and said, uh, I can't do this by myself. And instead of saying, how can I help? He said, what do you want from me? And it instantly hit me that that's what, uh, you know, that's the choice that we're facing in November. We've got Joe Biden, who is the how can I help guy, and we've got Trump, which—who who is the what do you want from me guy. And so I think that that sort of, like, really just sort of nails down the feeling. And it was just a, you're right, it was a dark, gross, militant, authoritarian It was just gross. And it was at the White House, which just gave it this extra air of being significantly more gross.
4: And having once lived in D.C. over a summer, I'm sure that it was hot and humid last night in Washington Mm. and unpleasant. You could tell there's that clip of Giuliani sweating. (laughs) So whoever, whatever that woman was, um, whatever planet they beamed her from. So I don't know if she was real or a hologram that they put there to trick us into thinking there's a woman with him. But he um he was clearly not enjoying the uh, the weather there in dc so i was sort of checking it saying i hope it's re- if it's not going to rain i hope it's just miserably hot and humid mm-hmm. that
0: yeah. me. i think it was too i think i think Wilbur ross was feeling it too he looked pretty <laughs> sallow um, so you have a new piece on substack called this is what collusion looks like Paul Manafort, <laughs> and I encourage everyone to read this piece along with Volume Five of the Senate Intelligence Committee's report on Russian active measures. But I, I wanted to get your uh, top line. What's your analysis here? I mean, uh, this is um, this piece is centered around uh, Paul Manafort, who, as we know, was installed by uh, the Kremlin, and uh, you know, because he worked for Yanukovych for the Kremlin uh, before coming onto the Trump campaign, and he's the one who picked VP. Mike Pence. And so there's all sorts of interesting things going on here. So tell us tell us what you you know, what your analysis is.
4: It's gross. I mean, the first thing I want to say is that the title of the piece, which is this is what collusion looks like, is actually from the document. It's in the addendum that the Democrats wrote. Um, The Republicans, not Burr, but the other Republicans, Rubio and Cotton and Cornyn and all those guys wrote an addendum saying, well, you know, there's no collusion. There's no colluding. And when it was rolled out, Rubio made a point of talking about that rather than all of the really damning stuff that's actually in the thing. Um, but the Democrats then wrote, I guess, a rebuttal and, and said, no, there's actually all this other stuff. And they went through all the things that he did. Manafort did. He, he's the chair of the campaign from May through, I think, August of 2016. He was involved with it in, from March going forward, and he continued to be involved with it after he left. And he's basically working very closely with this guy, Konstantin Kilimnik, who is a Kremlin operative who specializes in election fuckery. And -hmm. he's giving him data and he's doing all this. And it's like, okay, so the Democrats say at the end of the thing, this is what collusion looks like. And I think that phrase should have been the headline in the paper the next day, everywhere where the thing was rolled out. But of course, Rubio is in charge of the timing, so it was rolled out, I think on a Friday, late afternoon when a million other things were going on. And it's not the sort of document that you can quickly you know turn around and write things about. You have to go in and read it, and there's it's it's almost a thousand pages long. and it, it, if it were a movie, it would be one of those movies that has lots of different characters that intersect. It's not a linear narrative about one person. So what I was trying to do, and I'm going to continue to try to do, is break the thing down and talk about the key players in um, volume five, which are also the key players in the entire Trump Russia thing, mm-hmm. which I've been writing about now for, you know, three and a half years. And Manafort is a key player. I mean, he, he's the campaign chairman. He's not a coffee boy. He's not some guy that they just found in the street. He's a guy who knew and was friends with Donald Trump for years who had a, a You know, they hung out together. They're both uh, their mutual acquaintance. Roger Stone is Manafort's longtime business partner. Stone, of course, is like legit friends with Trump and has been his political advisor for decades. So and the guy Manafort is also, you know, involved with organized crime. He's involved with the Russia stuff. They move in the same circles. So when he's brought into the campaign, it's not some random guy that they find, you know, uh, by Googling him. Like they know exactly who the guy is. Ivanka refers to him just as Paul, you know, like, oh, Paul, we're going to get Paul. Not who? Manafort? Paul who? Like they knew exactly who the guy was. They brought him into the campaign and he's been working with the with the Kremlin for for years in in Ukraine and uh, elsewhere. Um, Because Oleg Deripaska, who's the oligarch that um, he worked for, made millions of dollars um, working for Deripaska, And then fell out of favor with him because they had a financial dispute. Um, And then he's in this position, Manafort is, where he owes all this money to Deripaska, like tens of millions of dollars or whatever it was. And Deripaska is like, he's a scary guy. He's a huge oligarch. He has tentacles everywhere. He's not a guy you want to be on the bad side of if you're Paul Manafort. So rather than going and trying to like maybe collecting the money and paying him back, He volunteers on the Trump campaign, doesn't take any salary. Mm -hmm. Why would he do that? You know, (laughs) he's in there, he's doing his job, he's running the campaign, he's liaising and coordinating and cooperating, if not colluding, with this Russian spy, Kilimnik, who is an election specialist who who goes around and, and, and fucks with elections in other countries. He's sending him data about the election um why why is he not taking money he and it says in the this is all in the report i'm not like talking out of my butt here it, it, it's in the report he he then tries to contact kill nick he tries to contact their and say hey look where i am i'm working on this campaign
3: mm-hmm. hey
4: remember i owed you money but now i'm working on the campaign and there's a there's a line in there where it says uh something like the, the committee was unable to determine why manafort was trying to contact Dara at this time and it's like, what well, I know. Well, we <laughs> so knew I this
0: debt in we, other ways, you know. We knew this a couple of years ago, before the Mueller report even came out. When we got public reporting, I think from the Washington Post of, of the emails where he said, "We, you know, were our text messages. We're going to make whole." Is is uh, is OVD okay with this uh, to make whole? And that was the clear intent, right? Because I mean, I think he owed him fourteen million bucks because of a telecom thing that went bad. He sued him twice. uh, And uh, Oleg Deripaska sued Manafort twice. And now um, I think one of the more important um, pieces of new information that we got, I mean, we already knew this, but it hadn't been in writing anywhere, was that Kalimnik was actually working for the Kremlin.
4: Right. Right. We know he's working for the Kremlin. And also, this is a bipartisan document.
0: I think that's important.
4: Um, that the part where they're talking about all this stuff is signed off on by everybody, including Tom Cotton, including Marco Rubio, including John Cornyn. You know, these are, these are Trumpy guys and even they have to have no choice, but to say, yes, this happened. So the Mueller report, we know that Mueller is, uh, I was talking to my son about this. He's like, well, Mueller, you know, that's kind of, he's kind of a liberal kind of, and I'm like, <laughs> Mueller's <laughs> not liberal in <laughs> any way. I don't know where you what TikTok you saw that on muller is 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 not liberal like there's no reality in which that's true but one could make the claim at least uh and trump has that the Mueller report is biased and it's this and it's that the senate intelligence committee bipartisan report um chaired by a republican cannot be accused of political bias i think that's also important you know hey we knew all this stuff but bonanza It's all true. And even even Tom Cotton and John Cornyn and Marco Rubio and Richard Burr can admit that, yes, this happens.
0: But they they tried, though, because, you know, if you remember, uh, Inhofe and Burr and Loeffler were all being investigated for uh, untoward or possibly mysterious or shady stock deals before, you know, after being briefed on covid, but before the announcement came out. And the only one who suffered any consequences was Burr, who was then removed uh, as the chair or stepped down as the chair from the Senate Intel Committee, replaced by Marco Rubio. And then lo and behold, there's a two page addendum from Marco Rubio trying to spin this thousand page report the same way Barr tried to spin the Mueller report. So that was, I think, by I think that was by design?
4: No, absolutely. I mean, Burr, you know, and and shout out to Burr. I I had him pegged wrong. I thought he was a traitor all along. And and in this particular case, he was not. So, you know, he did the right thing. He, he released the report. He signed off on it. And now we know. I mean, we know what the deal is. And I, I feel like in the media, uh, the mainstream media, the big newspapers, there's always this sort of quest for the, the new shiny thing. And with Trump especially, it's like we move on to the next thing. Maybe this will be the thing that gets him. Maybe that'll be the thing that gets him. And as soon as something that we have in our hands doesn't seem to do the trick, we drop it and run the next thing the Manafort thing is it. This is it. I mean, it, it, there's more also, but this is a big fucking deal. I mean, the guy is working with a Kremlin spy election saboteur, funneling him campaign information and doing what he says to help the campaign for Trump and, 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 and to scuttle the Hillary stuff. I mean, I, I it doesn't get any more egregious than this. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the media is not shouting about this is, is, is just really, I mean, it's not surprising. It's just very disappointing. And, um, you know, but that's, that's what we're up against. Just, just people, I, I, and maybe people, like the people that click the stories and, and read the things and stuff like that don't care. Maybe they're just desensitized to it at this point. Yeah, yeah, more Trump, Russia, more Manafort. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know, we know, roll eyes. But it doesn't make it any less of a big deal because it is a big deal. The founding fathers did not want us to do this. The the one thing they did not want was for us to to have foreign influence in our government. That was the big, it was like the prime directive that the founding, uh, that the founders had. And Trump has flagrantly violated it. So I don't know, you know, I I just don't know what to, we just have to keep, you know, telling the truth and and going back in time and saying, look at this, look at that, look at the Trump Tower meeting, which I don't even talk about in the piece. Manafort was there too. you know, what What was that, if not uh, a situation where members of the Trump campaign, including his son and his son in law, are meeting with agents of, of Putin and the Kremlin um, at Trump Tower and then trying to, you know, conceal that it happened. I mean, how how in any reality is that not bad? I, I don't understand at all, you know.
0: Yeah. And another another interesting detail that we got from this report that we had all assumed, you know, I like you've been writing about this for years. I did the entire Mueller She Wrote podcast. And, and this this report is basically the transcript of, of what you the work you and I have done for the last three years. But uh, another interesting tidbit that came out, along with we finding finding out that Kalimnik is directly tied to the Kremlin and uh, Russian intelligence, is that Veselnitskaya is directly tied because that was sort of a. One of the defenses that was up in the air about with Don Jr. and him being too stupid to crime, and that's why he wasn't commit, you know, uh, attached to any crimes, to any, you know, federal criminal liability, was because, oh, well, she was just a lawyer and we, you know, we didn't know and she, she's not part of the Kremlin. She's just a lawyer and Rob Goldstone got it wrong when, when he called her the crown prosecutor or whatever. And uh, while he got the title wrong, he did not get the association wrong. And so we found out from this report she directly worked from the for the Kremlin too. So now we've got all of these collusory activities. Uh, now with bona fide agents of Russian intelligence like Veselnitskaya and and Konstantin Kalimnik and handing over sensitive campaign data, most of which is redacted. We think it's polling and voter data, but we don't know still because it's still redacted in this report. Um, and so, you know, I mean, maybe maybe one day we'll find out maybe somebody, will, you know, you know, if we are successful this November, we'll be able to get that stuff subpoenaed and get it out and get it on the record and get it declassified, especially if it does not, you know, harm an ongoing matter or, you know, break grand jury secrecy or something that's legit. Uh, I think we definitely need to find that out. But yeah, here we are. And 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 I think it's all being sort of trampled over by uh by the election and other distractions that are again by design and then of course we have the active measure of reflexive control of but just about the word collusion itself uh which is not a term of art in federal criminal law and it has been made to mean something that people don't think you know everyone has now been trained to think collusion means criminal conspiracy and it doesn't no you know?
4: it doesn't it I I equate it in the piece with it's like when Bill Clinton was saying I didn't have sexual relations with, and you have to twist the meaning of what he was talking about. You know, he's trying to hide behind words. They're doing the same thing here. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're they're twisting words in a very specific legal sense um, to confuse everybody, and they have to do this because you know they're they're guilty um, of whatever word you want to call it that isn't collusion, criminal conspiracy, coordination. Um, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know what the terms are, but you're not allowed to do the things that they were doing and they didn't do them once. This is just one small part. I'm going to continue, uh, to write about this stuff, um, and, and break down volume five because there's other characters and players involved that, that, you know, also deserve their own pieces. I, I think the Roger Stone WikiLeaks thing is actually, and Assange is the very center of the entire thing. Yes. Most of that part is redacted. Um, and we're yeah, probably not going to find that out until uh, later. Yeah, we'll we'll find that out next year, maybe when Biden is is president. Um, you know who does know what's in the redactions? Um, I'm assuming that the people on the intelligence committee read the entire thing and then redacted it. Is that is that right? If that's right, Kamala knows. So it's going to be interesting that she's going to have that information in her brain when she's debating, um, you know, collusiony Vice President Pence in October, mm-hmm. assuming that Pence shows up for this thing cause, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it'll be good to have a prosecutor in the White House. And and again, uh, before I let you go here, I just want to remind everybody that the, the volume five is not what the Mueller report was. Mueller report was a criminal investigation of a very narrow scope to determine whether a uh, conspiracy of a criminal nature or there was enough evidence to find that and not only find it. Uh, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt, but also to be able to uphold and maintain a conviction in the face of appeal. So it's very, very high standard criminal investigation. This report is a counterintelligence investigation. It does not determine whether federal crimes were committed. It determines whether fucking collusion happened and who is a counterintelligence national security threat to the United States. And this report determined that Manafort and Trump, Manafort was definitely a counterintelligence national security problem and, and 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 Trump as well. So I just want everybody to keep that in mind. These are two separate animals. Uh, that's It's apples and oranges. And we can't say, you know, well, how come Mueller didn't find that? Well, Mueller wasn't looking for that. He was looking for criminal conspiracy to meet a certain threshold to maintain, obtain and maintain a conviction in court for federal criminal activity. That is different from what this is. This is more of a, less of a quantitative uh, examination and more of a qualitative examination, if you will. And um, it's extremely damning. So I'm so glad that you've written about this. Tell everyone where they can find uh, this piece.
4: Oh, uh, my website is called Prevail, as in we shall prevail. And my name is Greg Oliar. So if you just Google my name, O-L-E-A-R, and the word prevail it will pop in your search engine of choice, um, and it's uh, it ran on, on Tuesday, um, August whatever whatever day, or Friday rather, <laughs> August whatever, whatever the heck day Friday was, 28th, I think. Um, so it should be, you know, towards the top of the page. And, um, yeah, I was thinking when you were saying that about your pizza box analogy, about the Mueller, uh, you know, the Mueller report and what he was investigating versus what all the other investigations are. And how this one is more broad, you know, Mueller having it being a very narrow slice of pizza and this being, you know, other other parts of the box.
0: Forty other pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Greg Oliar, for coming on. I appreciate uh, talking to you. It's good to it's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. So thanks for thanks. for joining I know. Me today. Thanks for
4: having me. Always a pleasure. Always
0: a pleasure. Yep. No problem. Everybody stick around right after this quick break. We're going to have the good news block. So stay with us. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Daily Beans. And this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Caliper CBD. Times are very stressful. We need to practice self-care. But self-care shouldn't stress you out. (laughs) And the great thing about CBD is it helps you feel better without having to make drastic changes to your routine. CBD has helped me feel more calm. I'm sleeping easier. I'm feeling less sore. And my favorite thing about Caliper is they've introduced a better way to consume CBD that's easier to use. Uh, It's a powder. And unlike oils, the powder is completely tasteless, mixes easily in food or drink. It's got precisely 20 milligrams in each packet, so you'll never question how much CBD you're taking again. I like to put it in my morning coffee or a post-workout protein shake. Uh, And it's clinically proven that you absorb 450% more CBD with Caliper CBD powder as compared to tinctures. That is insane. It is such a huge difference. And Caliper gives you all the benefits of CBD in just 15 minutes. Super fast acting. That's twice as fast as CBD oils. And Caliper is completely THC-free, so you get all the benefits of CBD without any intoxicating or mind-altering effects. Caliper is made with all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, no fillers or added chemicals, no artificial flavors. So take care of yourself, but also make it easy on yourself to do so with Caliper CBD. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at trycaliper.com DAILYBEANS. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days, and if you don't love it, they will give you a full fund. So that is tricalibur.com slash dailybeans. And don't forget promo code dailybeans for 20% off your first order. Alright everybody, welcome back. It is time for the good news. And it's Friday, and what that means is I am joined by Amy Carrero, voice of She-Ra on Netflix, one of my heroes. How are you?
2: Oh, what a sweet thing to say. I'm good. It's Friday. You know, we're just... Friday means nothing nowadays to me, but, you know, it just means that I won't be hearing from my agent for two days or for longer, so... That's about it. <laughs> exactly.
0: I won't be hearing anything from lawyers for the next two days, yeah. and So I or agents, and so I get to right sleep in a little. Um, awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're here. Um, and I I don't know if you know this, but Tuesdays we're joined by comedian and activist Dana Goldberg now, and so that's really a fun addition yeah. to the show. Yeah, fun new addition. Yeah, and so we have AGDG on Tuesdays, and then we've got um a c a g on fridays so i'm excited to talk to you just
2: lowering the average
0: (laughs) no 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 you set the curve babe (laughs) so all right here's what we're gonna do we got some good news stories sent in by our listeners if you want to send in a good news story or a quarantine confession we do them both now again on the daily beans and you can do that by going to uh, you can go to com or the com or the Daily Bean yeah, I think it's the dailybeanspod.com. You can even go to quarantine confessions.com. It's all the same website. Um can even go to AllisonGill and I think it takes you there. And uh, you just <laughs> click on contact and boom, you can submit your good news, your quarantine confessions, your corrections. You can just say hi, whatever, you know, however you need to communicate with us. That's the best way. And so uh, I'm really excited for the good news today because there was a lot of really yucky news that's come out over the yep. last twenty-four hours. So so, it is going to be nice to get your good news stories in. And, and you send them in, they can be personal or political. And uh, same thing with your quarantine confessions, those are usually personal. but um they're
2: usually um i haven't washed my here's my quarantine confession i haven't washed my hair in five days nice
0: i've gone five days i've gone five days for sure in quarantine without washing the hair
2: (laughs) so gross but i lie to myself and i say it's good it's good oils it's good for the for the split ends
0: that might not be a lie that could be true
2: yeah, it could be
0: true. We don't I, know. We're
2: living in twenty twenty. Nothing is for certain.
0: In fact, I'm pretty sure that shampooing your hair is bad for it. But I don't know. I, I, that that is something I learned pre Google times. I'd have to look it up. Now. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, we're gonna kick off the good news. I'll give it. I'll start, and then uh, and then Amy, you can take the next one. Um. But our first uh, submission is from anonymous, and pronouns are she/her. And Anonymous says, I am a teacher, and our district decided to go back in person. Against all common sense, I was really, really stressed out, and I was so as I was so worried and angry about the situation. Friends even said I should think about quitting, which is Ooh. a super shame, because I love my job. I get to teach a super unique subject. I love seeing all the kids grow up. I teach the kids from 6th to 8th grade. I really do enjoy teaching, even with all the headaches that come with it. Yet, I want to protect myself and my family. Luckily, my principal and administration are so good as they fought hard for us. Uh, As a charter school, we still had to go back to in-person teaching, but we were able to implement so many policies to protect our community. Over half our students have opted to be online only, and then the remaining students are split into A-B schedules. That way, we're able to social distance six feet in the classroom, lunchroom, and even recess, and we have been sanitizing and deep cleaning a lot. This is our second week, and so far we're doing good. No cases, no quarantining yet. Uh, hope that doesn't jinx us. I'll knock on wood for you. Anonymous. I Thank wanted you. to send this message in as last week we ha- even managed to Im- impress the health inspector with how diligent we were in protecting ourselves. May this continue and that we can keep all keep safe as we can amidst these times, all these times. That is so yes, great. Yes,
2: that's so great.
0: I love it when teachers have the support and backing of their administrators um, to 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 keep things safe.
2: I know. And it's so rarely the case.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hats off to you for being a teacher.
2: Oh, the the most the most noble profession. I, I I and I love when teachers love to teach. That's that's even better. I mean, I remember having teachers growing up that I and I can still remember what they look like. I can still remember my feet. You know how I felt in their class because you could just tell they were having such a great time teaching. So good on you, anonymous. Mm. Shall yes. I read the second one? Ayasa, please. Okay, this one is from Ashley. <laughs> Let it all hang out. That's actually her full name.
0: Yeah, they're coming up, <laughs> Amy, they're coming up with really great nicknames for I themselves. I love it, it. By next Friday, it'll be full-on all nicknames all the time.
2: Yeah, it'll just be like, you know, Kara, Left Titty. Um. Okay, Ashley, <laughs> her pronouns are her, she, her. I submitted a confession weeks ago about gaining a shit ton of weight during quarantine. Good news. I have found the cure. Is it a diet exercise? No, it's get busy and quit fucking weighing yourself. I've applied to be a poll worker (laughs) slash election judge for my county, which is very unlike me. And I continue to crank out please vote letters via vote forward as often as possible. I just stamped my 50th letter. Well, and some exercise always helps. I am so thrilled for Ashley because Mm. not only is she just like giving herself the freedom to enjoy her body, to celebrate her body in every iteration, but also she's getting people out to vote. And I think that's some of the best fucking news I've heard all day.
0: Yeah. And I've got to say, Ashley, you know, when you sent your confession in, um, uh, weeks ago, you seemed down. You know, you seemed real down. And I know that, you know, Joe. When Joe Biden talks about how he got through his depression after the loss of Bo, and after and or even earlier in his career uh, with his wife and his his daughter and his son, it's he he talks about having purpose and how that helped him uh, get up every day and breathe in and out and and move forward. And I'm with you because in the last month or so, uh, I've been able to, you know, peel myself out of some pretty heavy depression and have been, you know, I also signed up to be a poll worker and a, and a precinct ins- uh, inspector. and um, And I like just, I feel like I have, like... I've recharged my batteries with my purpose. And so I love that you're doing this. I love that you just stamped your 50th letter. We're all, you're also supporting the post office as you do this. So don't forget that too. You are supporting our postal workers.
2: Yes. So, and I think, you. you know, also this fight against diet culture is so important. And and we usually just kind of accept it. And there's so many things going on, so many important ju- social justice issues. But, but really, this is something that we are bombarded with these messages all the time. Like, you know, lose weight or... Don't gain the quarantine 15 or whatever the fuck. And it's just, it's the last thing we need. You know, our bodies work. Yeah. They get us from point A to point B and we should, eh, eh, not should, I hate the shooting, but like if we could just cut ourselves a break and, and thank our bodies for how being a house for us, being, you know, the, the, the house of the soul, or if you believe in a soul or whatever, then I think it just frees us up to do so many more things.
0: Yeah, and 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 we're feeling it too. Um, uh, you know, uh, me and some of my cohorts as older women, uh, especially in the entertainment business, and and you know now that we can't, you know, my my Botox is worn off, and we, and and our bodies just change. Our the shapes of our bodies just change. Um, our hormones change, and things just change. And 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 to and it's. It's debilitating because we've just been had. We've just had this shoved down our our throats our whole lives. But I have so much hope, Amy, with these younger generations that that Me is going to be just a fucking thing of the past. They're not going to yes. stand up for this. They're not going to stand for this shit anymore. Yep. Yeah, and I, love, and I
2: love that. And there's so many. Uh, like even I've seen changes all over Instagram now where there are brands that are um. That are, uh, you know, have models of all different shapes and sizes and and colors, and that's what we want to see. You know what I mean? Like we we want to celebrate everybody um, and everybody. So I'm so glad that that this new generation's like, I'm not going to put up with that bullshit.
0: Yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, who's next? There, Amy. Okay, the next
2: one we have is from Anonymous. Her pronouns are she and her. We've homeschooled, since it, <laughs> we've homeschooled since before it was forcibly trendy. My sons are high school <laughs> age and Muller, she wrote, featured very heavily in our civics lessons. <gasps> All right. Swearing Uh-oh. is an integral part of the curriculum. My oldest turns 18 next month and yes, he's voting and they both fact check their online gaming buddies whenever an ignorant meme pops up in the Discord chat. Gen Z for the win. Another Gen Z win. I Woo! mean, this is great. Yep.
0: Yeah, we just like recently in an episode we talked about when Obama did his first interview with uh, Pot Save right after he got out of office, and he's and and everyone's like, oh, everyone's so down and so down. And Obama's like, I still have hope. I have hope because this the young people of this country are going to wash over it like a wave and cl- and just clean it of all this awfulness and um, and despair and shittiness and misogyny and racism and body shaming and and it's just just it's 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 great to see. And I really think. I, I appreciate you using Mueller. She wrote in your civics lessons. Um, so that's, cool. that's that's bold. So dumb. That's bold. <laughs> <laughs> They're walking around like Matthew fucking Whittaker, big dick, toilet wine. <laughs> wow.
2: I just love that. I mean, like the fact that your work that you poured your heart and soul into is like a, an integral part of someone's education. It's just got to be the best feeling.
0: Yeah, when I got. Um, I got hit up from a professor who was teaching a class uh, who wanted to teach a class about my podcast oh my at University God. of California, San Francisco.
2: That's amazing. So
0: that's happening.
2: Oh, my I know, God. Crazy. That's I, think so
0: was, cool. I think it was I think it was I think it was a Mueller investigation class about the Mueller investigation. But, you know, my podcast was heavily featured. So I was like, yeah, go for it. Take it oh so and then cool. and then i was like damn it i probably could have made some money on textbooks right Jeez, those things are like nine million dollars i
2: know you still can i mean those texts literally these textbooks sell for like five hundred dollars
0: a pop it's crazy I, so I there's remember. still time so <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna do that to people <laughs> podcast is free listen um Uh, next up from sarah pronoun she her i've been laid off due to COVID 19 and so has my husband we're lucky to have a beautiful home in vermont and this collective pandemic slowdown has allowed us a lot of family time with our three kids and time to tend our large vegetable and herb gardens better than ever since march we've been growing dehydrating pickling preserving and making what we can with what grows in our little yard the gardens are banging and we got chickens again and the family dachshund henry is happier than ever the real good news is this we decide to keep our kids at home for remote learning. I made a decision in June to start a little business so I can stay at home with the kids, and I've been making natural body care tea and folk medicine goods with infusions of homegrown and sustainably wildcrafted herbs. It combines my 20-year-plus love of herbalism and my love of feeling helpful to the community. People have been really kind and supportive. I feel as happy as I was when I was a little kid making mud pies and magic potions in my backyard. Aww. Now I'm the friendly neighborhood witch doing a more, much more thoughtful version of the same work, and it's. Every day is fun. Uh, It has been a bit of a scary leap to count on this financially, but it has been so rewarding to watch it unfold, even if somewhat slowly. Um, I'm sorry. I'm choking up. I love this. I'd love to send you a few samples. Um, Thanks for keeping us so well informed. Sarah, our our P.O. box is on on our website at com, And everybody, check this little business out. It's Bear Moon Botanica. Bear like the animal. Moon Moon Like the Thing and Botanica. B O T A N I C A at Bear Moon Botanica on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh, ah, yes, love everyone it. go.
2: Also, can I like switch lives with <laughs> with with Sarah for, for a little bit? It sounds it sounds like what's that great movie with um Diane Keaton baby boom where she like moves to Vermont Mm. and she like starts an orchard like a like a craft baby food like apple orchard something it just sounds heavenly
0: Mm. it sounds wonderful and I'm so glad that now you spend more time with your kids you get to do what you love make mud pies and uh I yes if you're gonna send me any samples Sarah I need a love potion Um, (laughs) you know and uh uh, if you could get me a uh, something to draw down the moon, I'd be really into that. Now, ooh, very cool. Let's see, let's see what's next. Amy, who's next?
2: Okay, um, it's just from I think it's anonymous. Uh, pronouns are she, her. Trump says he's against vote by mail. Our Colorado Secretary Secretary of State Jenna Griswold fought back by adding 121 ballot drop off boxes across the state. Woo. Secretary Griswold has been an amazing advocate of mail-in voting because it works. She has been working with other states during this time to ramp up their mail-in and absentee voting for this upcoming election. Colorado has been doing almost all mail-in voting for 10 years now. It's so awesome, and I know when my ballot gets sent out and when it's received via email and text. Woohoo, I love that.
0: That is amazing, especially in light of the news that we learned that I went over earlier in the show yes. about, you know, Trump got intelligence today yeah, or, or we got intelligence today about um the Russians actually are the ones who are promoting the, veil, the vote by mail is fraudulent. It's a Russian op. Uh, yep. Yeah. You know, everyone listen to AG. Surprise,
2: surprise.
0: Listen to me.
2: But that but that Jenna Griswold is so so fucking badass i saw her in on some interview i think it was on cnn and she was just not having it she was like no that's a lie she didn't even say like i think that's an untrue statement she was like no fuck that it's been working here for over 10 years we're you know yeah we're we're doing it and and i'm so glad to know that she's that they're she's also consulting uh to help other states uh do this successfully too
0: yeah she's incredible she's a warrior and so are you, voice of Shira. And thank you so much for reading the good news with me today. And I hope you get to drop by during one of our happy hours soon.
2: Oh yeah, I owe you. I could because I have been thinking a lot in this time where I've tried to stop drinking every night. <laughs> so I've had plenty of time to think of some like fresh cocktail ideas for Car- Carrero's Cocktail Corner. So it's gonna mm. happen. It's gonna happen real soon. And um.
0: I can't wait. Excellent. And everybody, later today, as you know, we have our uh, Crowdcast Happy Hour. It starts at 4 p.m. Pacific time for patrons, and then we open it up to the public at 5. Uh, We're going to have Lincoln's Bible on again this week, maybe a couple other surprise pop-in guests. So stop by. And if you want to be on that first hour, uh, you want to become a patron, just head to patreon.com slash Road or patreon.com slash DailyBeans. Daily Beans Pod. I think um, it's all the same uh, website. Or you can just go to our website, um, DailyBeansPod.com, and scroll down to the bottom of the page, and that's where you can either sign up to be sponsored, or you can sponsor a patron. We've oh, had cool. hundreds, Amy, hundreds. That's so hundreds cool. of our patrons buy one year memberships for people who for can't swing it right now because people. of COVID
2: you know what, look at this mm-hmm. wonderful community of people you've built, AG. This is
0: very cool. It blows my mind. Not
2: only are they informed, they're also so kind. Yeah.
0: And and it was one of those beautiful unintended consequences. You know, I started the podcast because I thought we needed to have this Mueller investigation brought to the public yes. and, and from it sprouted this incredible community of thousands of incredibly engaged, talented, amazing, giving, courteous, incredible people. Ooh. And it's, I absolutely, it's blows my mind I and so here it. are some of the incredible here are some of the i mean i can't like i can't like they hear me say this every day i'm just humbled by their generosity and here are some of the incredibly generous people who've sponsored memberships for for those who can't swing it we have trisha royale um or royal pronoun she her who says i'm so happy to have had the chance to sponsor someone and add them to the beans crew this podcast in the community give me life and hope thanks to Aww. everyone at beans headquarters you are loved and you keep me sane Aww. We have Susan Bridget, who says, I'm a proud fan and patron of the Daily Beans. A very grateful listener uh, is someone who donated. That's all they would say, because they're doing it anonymously. Um, Colin, pronouns he, him. Thank you for being so awesome. Donnell, pronounced with emphasis on the da, Donnell. Donnell. Ah, Donnell. Got it. Okay. Got it. There you go. Donnell uh dave in brooklyn i know you hi dave jim Hmm. finley thank you for everything you're doing i've been dave bought like 10 for wow 10 memberships um jim finley said thank you for everything you're doing i've been listening from the beginning and i wish uh there were whole news networks like msw and daily beans ah one day we'll get there jim hell yeah john braze oh nope Brazi. brazi john brazi thank you um someone says who's you can call me patty b thank you patty Patty b B. charles j pronouns he him i know patty b charles j he him says i love your show been a patron since 2018 thanks for all you do um and that's at ebony crusader crusader with a k on twitter um sandra cummings Hayde. uh trudy trudy says thank you for all you do would never have survived this without msw beans team Lori Flom says, it gave me immense joy to provide someone the gift of A.G., Jordan, and Mandy. Thanks for making it possible. And Ken Allen, you bring me value, and I want to ensure others get the same. More coming next month. Thanks, Aww. Ken. And finally, call me Tom Culkin. No relation to Macaulay. Glad I could help others enjoy some beans. <laughs> Ooh, beans are good for your heart. They are. They are. We know how the rest of that goes. So if you want to sponsor... um. a a patron if you wanna pay for someone it's thirty six bucks for a whole year. They get access to the ad-free episodes and the newsletter and my research notes and the first hour of the happy hour. And there's so many the Mary Trump Book Club which starts this week. Oh my God, I'm so excited about that with Dana Goldberg. Um you can just go to head to the head to our website, scroll down on the main page, and there you can do it. And you can also sign up to be on the wait list to get one of these donated. Uh and if you wanna you know if you wanna give your name, let us know and we'll we'll read it here on the air. So
2: cool. And for anybody interested, I am doing a virtual fundraiser with Phil Arbayo. He is running against Devin Nunes in the Central Valley uh, for Devin Nunes' seat. And he's so cool. I know. I'm so excited to be doing that for him. So that's going to be today, Friday. And I think that starts at 615, but you can join whenever. Um, So and I'm going to I'm going to tweet it today. Uh, So if you are interested, then you can just hop on and and check me out and check us out and check Phil out because he's really great. And we need Devin Nunes out the office. Mm,
0: yeah, we do. And it that's 6.15 Pacific time?
2: Six, yeah, 6.15 Pacific time. And I don't know if it's going to be available after, but it's worth checking out if you have the time.
0: Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing that. And I hope you raise a shitload of money so we can move Devin <laughs> out of his seat and replace him with someone else. Absolutely. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Amy?
2: No, I hope everybody has a great
0: weekend and that, um, you know, we, uh,
2: we do what we got to do and be nice to each other.
0: Yes, we must, must be kind because in a world of performative cruelty, kindness is punk as fuck. So everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet. And take care of your mental health. I've been A.G. And I'm Amy Carrero. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn. And engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazelle and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.